Welcome to the Williamstown Church of Christ podcast. This is a sermon recording from one of our Sunday worship gatherings. We meet every Sunday at 10am on the corner of John Street and Douglas Parade, and we'd love to meet you. For more information, head to our website, willychurch.org.au. Enjoy and God bless you. Mark chapter 8, verse 27 to 30. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. I want to add my welcome to Lockie's. If you're visiting us today, um, we're so glad you're here. We hope you you feel at home here today. And um, yeah, we'd love you to connect with us. So uh, special welcome to anybody who's, um, who's checking out Willie Church today or has been checking out Willie Church over previous weeks. We've had a little season of... Um, Lots of new people being around, and that has been a real joy. And we as a church want to be a place where, where you can um, find a home and where you can feel that you are a part of, of this uh, community of faith. Um, let's just pause and pray um, as we uh, dive in to looking at Mark today. God, we thank you that you are love. Thank you that whatever our weeks look like, we... We can be found in your love right now and right here. Thanks, God, that you've, um, you've called us together today and that you have a purpose today in uh, bringing us together as your church. And God, we pray right now as we look at the Gospel of Mark and we, we start to map out what, what you have given us here in this book of your scripture, God, that you would speak by your spirit now, that you would lead us by your spirit and um, lead us into relationship with you, Jesus. Help us to take a step closer to you today. In your name we pray. Amen. So as Lockie has said today, we are launching into a new sermon series. And um, over the past year as a church, we've looked at a number of of different topical and um, Bible-based, well, all of our scripture, all of our teaching is Bible-based, but a number of topical series and a number of um, series looking at specific parts of the Bible. Um, Just to recap a little bit for you, we've looked at the book of Hebrews. We had a series looking at, uh, called I Believe, looking at the main things that we believe, the central tenets of faith. We had Pray in May, where we studied the Lord's Prayer, um, how Jesus teaches us to pray. Um, we, we went through the story of our series, looking at the big overarching story of Scripture and what is the Bible all about. And um, of course, we just finished The Table, the series we were, were looking at, um, which is all about relationships, family, marriage, singleness, the church. Um, and um, that's been really rich and it's been just a really incredible time of us um, going deeper into what does it mean to be in relationship with one another under God. But um, we're really excited, Lockie and I are really excited to be launching into this series today on Mark. And uh, we're calling it The Crown and the Cross. We're going to be journeying through a whole gospel, um, one of the 66 books of the Bible, the Gospel of Mark, and it's a biography. Does anyone here like reading biographies or autobiographies? Anybody? 
Yeah, there's lots of keen readers in our church, which is awesome. It's great to read widely. And, um, and Mark is a biography, and it's a biography of Jesus. It's a biography of Jesus. And, you know, the Church of Christ is our name. We are a church of Christ. But I don't know if you've ever thought about it. In our name of what we call ourselves as an organisation is Jesus. Is Jesus. He is in our name and he is central to absolutely everything we do as a church. With every new thing that we look at, with a garage sale, with anything new, with a Sunday school, we say, is it going to be about Jesus and his love and his grace? And if it's a yes, we very often say, we'll do it. Let's do it. Um, yesterday, people were experiencing what it means to be a family of faith and, um, and people from the community were able to glimpse that and hopefully leave with a really good impression of what that looks like here. Some years back, I was at a Christian conference and the lead singer of um, the band, who you might know of if you're my age, um, a band called Delirious, his name's Mark Smith. Yeah, Delirious. Go the 80s and the 90s. Um, he was speaking and I still remember something that he shared um, years ago that I heard him speak and he said this, if you do one thing a day, read something from the Gospels. It was so powerful and I still remember the moment, I still remember how much it impacted me. And each year as a church, we want to be spending a good chunk of our time in the Gospels. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, in the biographies of Jesus. So I am super excited that we're launching into this series. We're going to be journeying passage by passage through Mark's Gospel. And it's going to take us several months. We don't know. It might take us a year. But um, we're going to take breaks here and there. We're going to have some Sundays where we have Story Sunday. We're going to have some pop-up little sermon series to give us a breather as we... We're not going to rush through the series. We want to um, attend to what it is that Mark records about Jesus. And we are going to be open to how God's going to move in us as we encounter Jesus afresh. So I want to encourage you to read Mark. Spend the hour and a half that it takes to read Mark. Um, it's 16 chapters. It's the shortest gospel. It's the gospel that a lot of new Christians are pointed to you know, when they come to faith or they're, if they're exploring who Jesus is. Um, and I often encourage people, you know, get into Mark. It's really accessible. It's going to take you less time than it took you to watch the grand final last week to read the Gospel of Mark. And I think probably almost everyone here did watch the grand final. So I reckon we can all take that time this week um, to spend in Mark and in the coming weeks. So as a way of diving into our new series, we're going to watch a video now. This video comes to us from the awesome crew at The Bible Project, which we've been talking about in church for lots, lots of times here and there. So we're going to watch this video and it's five minutes and it's going to introduce Mark in, I think, a super, super helpful way. So sit back and pay attention. Let's not relax. Let's pay attention. Let's be ready. Awesome. Super helpful. So helpful, isn't it? Just to have such a, um, such a punchy, um, succinct kind of summary of this book of scripture. What a gift. <laughs> Such a great resource. So encourage you to check out Bible Project website and podcast. And um, they have so many amazing resources that help us to unpack the Bible. 
We were on holidays recently in Seoul, in South Korea, and we went to a bookstore. And as you'd expect in a bookstore in Seoul, um, most of the books were in Korean. And as I um, as we wandered through the store and we were kind of killing some time in the store, I think Zoe might have been having a sleep at the time, um, in the stroller uh, with us, sorry, it sounded like she was like at the hotel or something. Um, and um, as we were strolling through the store, I was picking up different books and having a look at them, interested in what kind of things would we find in a bookstore in that city. And I'd pick up the books and of course everything's in Korean, so I'm trying to look for other clues. I'm looking at, at the front cover and the font and, and the kind of images or typefaces on the front. I'm looking at the back, I'm looking at any photos might be on the back of the author. I'm trying to pick up clues of what this book is about and why someone would want to read this book and buy this book. And I'm trying to get an impression on um, what you're going to receive um, if, you, if you pick this book up and read it. And um, you know the amazing thing about the Bible and about the Gospel of Mark is that we don't need to search very hard to find clues about what the Gospel of Mark is about. We have so much helpful background info that is super, super accurate and true and historically um, attested to. Um, so what do we know? What do we know about this book? What would be on the front and the back cover if it was a single book rather than drawn together with the whole canon of scripture? Well, you know, it's funny. This gospel was actually pretty neglected for the first centuries um, of, um, of the Christian story. In fact, there's no commentary that's been written on Mark until the 6th century. Um, and there was an early church father, Augustine, you might have heard of him, and he considered Mark to be more of an abbreviation of Matthew and Luke. Oh, what an insult to Mark who wrote this biography. Can you imagine someone saying that about your book if you wrote a book? Um, but there's reasons why this is so. There's reasons why it was kind of put off to the side. It's by far the shortest gospel, and 90% of its stories are found in Matthew and Luke. Mark's gospel is written in a far less sophisticated Greek than the other gospels. And, um, and it has a number of problem passages um, that are kind of, you know, known to be ones that are hard to nut out. But in more recent years, the tide has turned massively. And the gospel of Mark is now one of the most studied gospels. Most scholars consider it to be the earliest account of Mark's life, and so why would we want to study it? Well, that is a really, really good reason, um, because we know the closer you get to historical events, um, there's a real sense of, of accuracy about that, and um, it pinpointing things really, really closely. And Mark is exciting to read. It's exciting to read because it's fast-paced, it's vivid, it's action-packed. There's a word in the Greek, euthas, and it means immediately. And um, Charlie was reading Mark the other day, started reading it, and um, he goes, oh my goodness, like this, there's, you know, starting to read it, it's like, gosh, it's moving fast. I'm like, yeah, you know what, there's this word immediately, euthas in the Greek, and it appears 41 times in the book of Mark. And he goes, well, I'm reading chapter one, it's already appeared like six times or something in chapter one. And so Mark moves quickly through his narrative. It's exciting, it's compelling, it draws you in. And, um, and unlike Matthew and Luke, it doesn't begin with the birth of Jesus, but it begins with Jesus' preparation for ministry. And there's, um, there's a chunk of it around John, the forerunner, we're going to be looking at that next week. The baptism of Jesus happens immediately after that. 
and, um, and Jesus' temptation in the wilderness by Satan immediately after that. And before we can catch our breath and maybe go and get a cuppa for the next chapter, Jesus is announcing the kingdom of God and beginning to heal people and restore people and, and do miracles and, and begin his full ministry. And, um, and so it's an action-packed gospel. It's going to be exciting for us to jump into it. It's, um, it's vivid. And one person put it this way, these are ordinary words, referring to the fact it's quite simply written, ordinary words to describe extraordinary events. Ordinary words to describe extraordinary events. So it's helpful to know who is Mark, who is this guy who um, the gospel is named after. Um, most scholars agree this guy was John also called Mark, who Acts, who Luke in Acts refers to in Acts 12 and 15. Um, I'd love to be that person like Megan, also called Sally. Like, you know, like John also called Mark. It's pretty cool. He's got two names. Um, but Mark is, um, is, is a close associate, a close friend of Peter's. And so we know this comes as an eyewitness account, an eyewitness relay of all that Jesus um, did and said. And I say did and said, but actually Mark's gospel is very heavy on what Jesus did. It's all about his actions and it focuses predominantly on all the things Jesus does, his ministry. Um, and so that's super exciting as well because we get this insight, um, not as much into all of the teaching and his words, but what he did. That's really exciting. And, um, and um, John Mark's writing around 30 years after Jesus' death, so it's the earliest gospel. Well, unsurprisingly, what is the content of Mark's gospel? Mark 1.1 says this, the beginning of the good news, this is where we get the word gospel, the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And so in the very first verse of Mark's biography, he's telling us what it's all going to be about. It's going to be about Jesus, who's the Messiah, and the Son of God, which is actually earth-shattering thing to write. And we're going to understand that more as we move into this gospel. And Mark aims to answer three questions, and the, the video helpfully outlined these. Firstly, who is Jesus? Chapter 1 to 8. And um, it's just a huge amount of Jesus' miracles and restoring blind people to sight and, and seeing people healed and set free from demons. Um, if we're going to be Jesus' apprentices, Jesus' followers, it's good to know who is this Jesus we're following. Am I right? If I'm going to, you know, go and, um, I don't know, sign up to become an expert in gardening, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to find out everything I can about that topic. And here in Mark 1 to 8, we get this amazing glimpse, this amazing biography and canvas and template and picture of who is this Jesus that we follow. And, um, and so it's an awesome beginning to um, the first half of Mark. And then Mark records this chunk in the middle, Mark 8 to 10, where we really learn what does it mean? What does it mean that Jesus is Messiah? And this is where we get our passage from today, where Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? And um, it's a commanding question. It's a question in love that, that Jesus actually directs to you and me. Who do you say I am? And we're going to get the chance in the series, I believe, to really be asked that afresh 
and to have an invitation to respond to who Jesus is with our lives, with our obedience, um, with our service, um, with love, with love and worship as we were doing just before, worshipping God and, um, and claiming that he's Lord of all. And so in this little chunk, it's a real game changer in the gospel because, because Jesus tells his disciples, not once, not twice, but three times he tells his disciples how he's going to become king. And he tells them that he's going to die. And this is just absolutely a deal breaker for them. This is a huge thing. There's these three conversations that happen in the middle part of Mark's gospel. And do you know why this is so earth-shattering? It's because the king that Israel expected was not this kind of king. um, These people um, in Rome were ruled by um, a very, very oppressive rulership. And the people at that time were expecting someone who's going to come and overthrow that power, the power of Rome. Do you know what Jesus does? He comes He ministers in power. He lays down his life and is killed by the very ones that people expected him to overthrow. But you know what? That is not the end of the story because Jesus is a servant king who comes to give his life. We're calling this series The Crown and the Cross because the crown of Jesus is the cross of Jesus. We see Jesus' lordship and authority on the cross and we know that the authority is shown in the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead. That death is not the end, that he is a victor over death. And so Mark gives us this incredible picture, this incredible glimpse into the kind of king Jesus is. And I think the invitation to us is to say, is that the kind of king that I want to follow? And um, the kind of king who, Mark 10 tells us, gives his life as a ransom for many. I know if I was seeking um, maybe a new prime minister to vote for or um, a new person to be, say, a governor or um, maybe a premier of Victoria, I would be looking for someone who's going to give themselves for the sake of others. And on an absolutely global scale... This is what Jesus is doing. And this is what Mark is telling us Jesus is doing. That he's coming to be the kind of king that no one expected, but the kind of king that everybody needed. Tim Keller writes this about Jesus. He says, Jesus cannot just be liked. His claims, and this is pretty like full-on language, but his claims make us either kill him or crown him. The one thing you can't do is just say, What an interesting guy. Keller says, his claims makers want to kill him or crown him. We know what happened in the biography of Jesus and and Mark goes on to tell it in the final part of Mark's Gospel, chapter 11 to 16. Because those chapters follow one week in Jesus' life, his final week. And it's the passion chapters, the, the week in Jerusalem where Jesus goes to the cross And all of those things that we know we tell at Easter and we tell week by week in our communion, that happened to Jesus. But do you know, Rome did kill him. But we know that the good news is that he was raised from the dead, um, that he, he appeared to his disciples, and that he reigns now in glory and is alive right now. 
um, and is reigning over all of creation. And this is absolutely incredible. We can lose sight of this when we read the Gospels over and over, but, but church, let's not lose sight of this. That the king that we serve is a king who gave himself up for us as a ransom for every person. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. This is the kind of king that our world is crying out for and that those in our world who have confessed him as king have found life in and wholeness in and holiness in and purity in. So um, I was recalling this week that around six years ago I had this amazing gift of sitting in a class on the Gospel of Mark. And um, the class was set up, there was only 12 of us, and, um, and we got to sit with a guy who's probably one of the best teachers and best, um, best scholars on the Gospel of Mark in the world. Um, and, you know, you'd think it's just going to be like a highly academic exercise and it's going to be a deep dive in Mark and it's going to be looking at the Greek and I'm going to be looking at my Greek dictionary and getting confused because I was never that good at Greek. But um, do you know what happened in this class over a whole semester was every single class, our teacher, um, our lecturer, he prayed for every student at the start of every class, sorry, before the class started, so in his office, he, um, we later found this out. We didn't know during the class. But before every class, he would sit in his office. I think it must have been like 7 in the morning or something because other people around the building were like, he's always there at 7 in the morning. And he prayed for every single person um, in our class. And he prayed that we would encounter Jesus. And I remember finding that out at the end of the class. I think another lecturer like, let it slip that he did this and had this practice. And I was blown away. I was blown away that he would love his class so much. This top-notch New Testament dude, he would love his class so much that he would sit and pray for each of us, that we would encounter Jesus in an advanced class on Mark. And, you know, Lockie and I, we pray for you every single week. We are, we are praying for you every single week. And my prayer this week, as I've prepared this morning and just been thinking on this series, is that each person, you, would encounter Jesus in this series. That this wouldn't just be an intellectual exercise of learning something new about Mark. This wouldn't just be a kind of, yeah, I'm looking at this gospel, but I already know that gospel. That this would be a fresh encounter for you with Jesus. And that you would claim that he's king and that you would look at at the the crown and the cross that is Jesus and say, you are my king. And like the Roman centurion, the guy who was like the most unlikely dude to confess faith in Jesus. But at the end of Mark's gospel in Mark 16, Jesus hanging on the cross and the, the, the guy who's the most totally unexpected person looks up and says, surely this man. This man here was the son of God. Our prayer is that all of us would enter into this series in a way that we're going to expect to encounter Jesus. Amen? And that we're going to expect that Jesus is going to meet every single one of us. He's going to meet us as a church. He's going to change us because this biography of Jesus is going to change us and does change us. My prayer is that we will, um, we will experience life that we've never experienced before, 
that we will experience the one who comes to bind up the brokenhearted and comes to bind up each of us. The, the one who comes to bring purity. Um, that we would experience the one who opens the eyes of those who are blind. And all of us are blind in our own way. And that we would respond and say, surely this is the son of God. Let's pray. Oh Jesus, we, we honour you and thank you. And worship you for all that you are, Jesus, and all that you have done. We thank you for Mark's gospel. Thank you for how it speaks to us so clearly, Jesus, about who you are. Thank you that we have access to this. Thank you that we have freedom to open your word and to, to get to know you, Jesus, through the pages of scripture. Yeah, thanks so much for the call to discipleship that you have invited us into. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you ask us, who do you say that I am? And that, that you love us so much that you invite us to follow you and to be your apprentices, to be your disciples. And we're just praying over this series, God, that your spirit would come and envelop us in the good news of Jesus, that your spirit would come and move us into action in our community, in our workplaces, in our clubs, in the places that we go, God, and that you would come and, um, and just compel us, quicken us, Jesus, to follow you more dearly, more closely with our lives in an attitude of surrender. God, we thank you, we praise you, we are, we are expectant at all you are going to do in the weeks and months to come. And um, yeah, we just pray you speak powerfully through your word to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.